Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for June 19th, 2022. Join in our call to worship. In worship, may we be as welcoming as Sarah and Abraham, who were quick to serve the stranger. In faith, may we proclaim that nothing is too big for God. In moments of holy surprise, may we laugh with deep, abiding joy. For God is in the holy surprise. God is in the winding path. And God is in our presence today. Let us worship the Holy One. Let us pray. God of unexpected joy and answered prayers, help us to see you in our midst. And with every breath that turns into a laugh, draw us closer to you. Amen.
God, in our doubt and fear, may we know the compassion of the shepherd who tends us in the valley of shadows and will sit with us as long as we need. In our anger and frustration, may we know the passion of the prophet who overturns the tables of injustice and curses this fruitless age. In our pain and despair, may we know the healing of the Comforter who strengthens us with hope that is stronger than death. Make us a community of costly and courageous love, overcoming destruction and injustice wherever we may find it. We pray in solidarity with those whose hearts and bodies are aching today. By the tender mercy of our God, may the dawn from on high break upon us to give light to those who sit in shadows and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Amen. Our scripture is Genesis 18, 1-15 and 21, 1-7. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat by the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, so that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Sarah and Abraham were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. 
Sarah conceived, and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Sarah wasn't the only one who laughed. When Marty and I first heard the news that we were having twins, we laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. The doctor was actually quite relieved we were taking it so well. He had seen lots of reactions, he told us. Some people cried. Some swore. One mother-to-be even hit her husband. But we laughed. We laughed in the restaurant after the doctor's visit. We laughed in the car on the way home. We laughed. So I understand Sarah's laughter. Of course, we were not laughing in disbelief, although there was a bit of shock mixed in with our joy. And no one heard us to chastise us, but it is a bit of the same thing. It is a delightful story, isn't it? Here is this elderly couple, promised offspring by supernatural messengers from God. Abraham is dozing in a shady spot in the heat of the day, when three strangers suddenly appear before him. It is as if they just popped up out of the sand like a mirage. Abraham, like a true son of the desert, rushes around to offer the strangers hospitality. He says he'll bring a little bread, a little water for their feet, but he rushes into the tent to tell Sarah to make cakes out of three measures of flour, a large amount. He runs to his herd and chooses a calf, tender and good, surely his best. Then, after the meat and the bread are baked, he offers this along with curds and milk to his guests. It is a desert feast, and Abraham stands a little apart from them as they enjoy their impromptu banquet. Then, strangely enough, they ask for Sarah by name. Do you wonder how they know her name? Abraham calmly answers that she is in the tent. Then one of the three speaks of Sarah as she is listening behind the tent flap. I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah laughed to herself. Of course she did. The whole thing was ridiculous. The very idea that she, at age 90 and Abraham, at age 100, could actually physically have a child was beyond absurd. But God clearly cares very little about these laughs of rejection and scorn for God's plans. Why did Sarah laugh? 
God says to Abraham, and why did she say she was too old to have a child? Let me say it once again. I am returning to you in the season of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Is anything too astonishing for God? Of course, Sarah denies everything. I did not laugh, says Sarah. And God replies, oh, yes, you did. And with the word laughter ringing in our ears, in chapter 21, the prune-faced couple do indeed have a son, and they call him Isaac. What else would you name a son if you had one at the age of 90? After all, Isaac is based on the word laughter. All of us are bid to laugh along with Sarah and Abraham as on their walkers and canes they try to care for and finally corral a tiny but growing baby boy. I am sure they had help. Sarah's and Abraham's expectations have been unraveled more than once. As a young couple, surely they expected to have children. Then, as time went on, they expected less, then less. Finally, when Abraham was promised descendants by none other than the Holy One, he did not really believe. He and Sarah resorted to forcing Hagar to stand in for Sarah as a surrogate, and she bore Ishmael. Then, in chapter 17, God again reiterates the promise. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. And guess what Abraham did? Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? Sarah wasn't the first one to laugh. Abraham had caught the joke before she did. Their hopes of having a child of their own had died long ago. But these desert strangers insisted, Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? And the answer is, of course, that nothing is too wonderful, too amazing, too difficult, too marvelous, too astonishing, or too impossible for the Lord. Nothing. Sarah and Abraham had to let their ideas of what was possible and what was impossible to unravel. They had to let their resignation in the face of their barrenness unravel. Finally, their disbelief unravels into joy, and Isaac, laughter, is born. Brothers and sisters, faith is not a reasonable proposition. Theologian Walter Brueggemann says, The promise of the gospel is not a conventional piece of wisdom that is easily accommodated to everything else. Embrace of this radical gospel requires shattering and discontinuity. 
Abraham and Sarah have by this time become accustomed to their barrenness. They are resigned to their closed future. They have accepted that hopelessness as normal. The gospel promise does not meet them in receptive hopefulness, but in resistant hopelessness. At last, Sarah laughs because God has made laughter for me. By his powerful word, God has broken the grip of death, hopelessness, and barrenness. The joyous laughter is the end of sorrow and weeping. Laughter is a biblical way of receiving a newness which cannot be explained. The newness is sheer gift, underived, unwarranted. Barrenness has now become ludicrous. It can now be laughed at because there is full joy. What does the story mean to us today? I think the answer lies in the line, Is anything too astonishing for God? Not that God simply gives us everything we ask for. Rather, we must believe that God still matters in the ways of humanity. We do not make our decisions alone, apart from a loving, caring deity. God does not give us whatever we ask for, but God is with us in our struggles. Nothing is too astonishing for a God who made it all and loves it all. This I hear in the tale of the aged couple and their amazing bundle of joy, the child called laughter. Let us pray. O God of Abraham, God of Sarah, we thank you that nothing is too wonderful for you. Help us in our unbelief. Give us faith that with you there is fullness of joy. Break through the barrenness of our imaginations. Loose the grip of death and bring us your holy laughter. In Jesus' name, amen. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let
receive the benediction. Beloved, go in the sure knowledge that nothing is too astonishing for God. May God's peace and God's joy go with you. Amen.